and we are we'll get we'll talk more about that later because we are very honored uh, to welcome back to the program it's been a year or two uh mr j warner wallace with cold case christianity uh to me one of the most uh, popular apologists uh in our day now and uh, and one of the most unique as well so uh Jay Warner Wallace, Jim, it is great to have you with us here on Priority Talk out in Alabama, sir. How are you today? Well, thanks so much for having me. Good to be with you guys. Appreciate it. Always. Well, I'm going to say, since it's been a while since you've been with us, let's back up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm going to ask some questions. I'm going to let Nate here. Nate, sort of a young apologist. I call him young. He's 26. He's got his degrees and all this stuff, and he's doing apologetics. So he's got some questions for you. But let's just back up and tell folks uh, – how it is you come at this, your, your background in law enforcement and uh, cold case uh, detective work, uh, dateline, Just give, the, uh, give the thumbnail of your story so people can understand where you're coming from, and, uh, how, and then they can find you at coldcasechristianity.com. But give us your story. Well, you know, I just was not somebody who was raised around uh, a bunch of Christians. I didn't know, know of any growing up. Um, I wasn't invited to church. and uh, was kind of the thing that I thought was never going to be really part of my life. Um, but my wife, when we got married, we were together about 18 years before either one of us became a Christian. I was in my 30s. Um, I was working as an investigator. I knew um, how to test eyewitnesses. And when I first walked into a church with Susie, I think she, really we were just there to see if maybe this is something we wanted to include in the upbringing of our kids. And um, so I walked into that church, and the pastor sold Jesus uh, in a way, at least he pitched him in a way I could catch him. He said that Jesus was really smart, smartest man who ever lived, most important person who ever lived, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I heard all that, and I thought, well, is any of that true? So I uh, purchased a Bible just to see what was so smart about Jesus. And, you know, I don't, I don't trust people who make claims. Uh, we test them because people make all kinds of claims. People lie. Um, so you have to test these folks to know if they're telling the truth. And was a process by which we test eyewitnesses in criminal trials, and I just that was the only thing I knew to, to apply. I actually thought for a long time that this must be how every Christian becomes a Christian, right? You have to test the account to make sure it's accurate, blah, blah. But, I, you know, that's not really what I've discovered, of course. But that was my journey, and that was really what got me started. Interest, what I stuck out for me was that when I read the Gospels for the first time, they're not, they're not perfectly aligned. You know, they, they don't say exactly the same thing. These variations between the accounts could even be considered to be contradictory in some places if you're not careful, if you're not a careful examiner of these. And that's exactly what I saw in all of my criminal trials, all of my criminal investigations, that witnesses sometimes will say things that are kind of make you scratch your head. And uh, you, it's your job as an investigator to puzzle those things back together again. And that was really that, that texture of the Gospels was the thing that really provoked me to take a hard look at them. Well, outstanding. And, uh, and tell folks, is uh, many of them still may remember you and may see reruns of you uh, doing uh, NBC's Dateline. Yeah, we, we did a bunch of you know, I'm working in Los Angeles County, so we're right down the road from NBC Universal, um, where they have Universal Studios and all the, uh, the studios they film in. And they also produce Dateline out of that spot around the country. They do it in several different locations. But that's a location that, you know, they, they saw we were doing these cold cases. And they're provocative. You know, some of these cold cases are the kind of thing that really has become the staple for Dateline over the last 10 years or yeah. so. So we, we were doing those kinds of cases, and they would, you know, of course, if they were, I got developed a relationship with one of the uh, producers, a great guy, and, and that relationship, you know, I trusted him. So a lot of times you don't, you don't know who you're dealing with in the media. Do you really want these people, you know, kind of involved early and then through the entire trial, and you're going to have to, 
you know, kind of reveal some some of the, the casework you're doing. I mean, do you trust these folks? I, I was always kind of hesitant, but but this particular producer was so trustworthy and reliable, and I saw it in ways that I could measure. That then I we, we just did a bunch of cases with him. As I ended up on Dateline more than anybody else in the country, only because really I trusted this producer, and and um, and he never let me down. Well, that's outstanding. Now I got to ask a Dateline question. I've never asked mm-hmm. you this before. Did did you get to know Keith Morrison? Yeah, I did, and does, I, does, I never want to speak out of school about people, but so I won't. Uh, but Keith is a great guy. I mean, there's nothing bad you can say. Well, about my him, my so. question was, do, does he um, does he talk like that off the air? You know, like he's just got this way of just bringing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. This, well, I mean, the, of narrating the story, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, he does, and he definitely, you know, he he has that tone mm-hmm. about his voice anyway. Um, and but he he definitely understands the drama and how to to make something sound interesting when yeah. it might just be a description of something that's you know pretty routine. So he has a gift in that area, in a, in a way that if you like want to laugh about Keith, I mean he's laughs, he's very you know, he's he's not somebody who thinks so, so much of himself that he can't laugh at himself. But you can just Google like Saturday Night Live skits about Keith Morrison, and you'll see there's a ton of them that are just hilarious because he is so iconic. And if you are iconic, you deliver a line that way. I even saw a Jim Gaffigan special, or there's a comedian, he was talking about how these Dateline cases are described. And as he does the voice, it's clear he's doing Keith, because Keith has this iconic way of yeah. delivering, this yeah. loopy kind of, ooh, oh, yeah. You well, know, he's so good, because kind of my wife and I, maybe we'll be watching Dateline, and we'll just, I'll just look at my wife and go, man, he's good. And I've never heard any of that you're talking about from Gaffigan to Saturday Night Live. That's funny. Uh, but anyway, people may remember you from there and, of course, uh, became a Christian when you were 35 years old. And now yep. uh, just one of the, like I said, I think one of the most popular and uh, unique approaches to uh, apologetics of anyone. And it's about the evidence. And you have a way of approaching the evidence. Uh, talk to us about when it comes to apologetics, when it comes to the Christian faith, when it comes to the Scripture. What is the evidence? Uh, how, how do you come at it? Well, it's all going to come down to the strength of the Gospels. Do we trust them? Do they trust that these are accounts that were written early enough to have been written by eyewitnesses and the presence of others who would know if they're lying? Are they early? Um, and do they tell us the truth about the resurrection? If they do, that changes everything. The resurrection is the one claim that that substantiates the, 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 the fact that Jesus is not just another wise ancient rabbi who's teaching us something. He would be the one man who's been on both sides of the grave. And that would change everything in terms of the authority he would bring to the, to any uh, subject. So I just needed to know, as an investigator, is, is, is the resurrection true? And, and people will say, what evidence do you have for this? Well, look, it's the strength of the eyewitness account, clearly. What we know about Jesus, we know from the New Testament. But I get it if people are hesitant to believe what the New Testament claims. I get it. So, I mean, I think I was the same way. I was probably even worse. I didn't, without knowing really much about the the Gospels, I just assumed that they were a, a collection of myths, right? If you're gonna, I was a very committed philosophical naturalist. In other words, I don't, I don't believe that miracles occurred, and so if there was a miracle in any account, I would have said that it categorically cannot be history. It has to be some form of pseudo history. It has to be some form of mythology set in a historical context. You know. I would have described it as a number of different things. So the question comes down to, do we, number one, do we have good evidence and good reason to believe that there's something operating in the universe other than space, time, matter, physics, and chemistry? That's number one. Number two, do we have good reason to believe then that 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 being that's operating might have come to us and we can trust the accounts in the Gospels? 
So I needed to cross both of those bridges, and for me, they were pretty long bridges. I mean, I had to take some time to, to, to think about those things and to investigate it. Now, uh, Jim, this is Nate Williams. I was at the NRB TV conference in mm. Tennessee that you were at a couple weekends ago. That's and right. so you did an incredible job in your presentation, by the way. we I, I was a part of the group. If you remember, there was a big orange van that you made the joke uh, Wallace yeah. University Wallace University that's right yeah, yeah that's, so, that's, those are my people they, they are they are in <laughs> yeah. the listening audience right now yeah oh, absolutely so I was a part of that that group it was incredible to hear you and uh, Frank Turek and Elisa Childers and just uh, everyone there so y'all did amazing uh, now I, my question for you is obviously apologetics played a role in your walk in faith your walk with God and the evidence you examined, uh, why do you think apologetics, why is it important to the church? Like, why should churches really emphasize apologetics, help to train people in apologetics? So why would you, how would you answer that? Well, there's a ton of different ways to kind of cut that cake, right? We could we could talk about whether or not, you know, what, what is practically how this might help the church, but, but let's just start with the foundational issue, which is that we are called to do it. Like, I don't know how you can, well, do we need to, do we need to love our enemy? I mean, Jesus called us to do that. We're called to do this by Peter in First Peter 3. And this is always, you know, it's, it's, it's not just there. You can get it in Jude. You can get lots of places where we're called to defend and guard the truth. And, and be able to make a case for this, because we, we've got people around us. And the first Christians got this. They, they, they understood this was part of their duty. And if you look at some of the most well-known Christians in the first two or three centuries, they are people who were defending. They, their work survives to this day because they were writing in defense of certain mm-hmm. claims of Christianity as the culture was attacking it. So, so this has been an early obligation and early duty that the earliest Christians recognized and embraced, even though we may not today. Um, but if we, we'd better get ready, because on a practical perspective, that if we've got young people, they, we have to be in a place where we are really comfortable with their questions. Yeah. You know, it, the studies show us that, that it doesn't really matter if you can answer your, your kids' questions with great precision. But it's when you're so uncomfortable with the questions that they can see you're uncomfortable or you don't want to address the issues or you just kind of brush them off or you shut them down, that that's where people eventually will leave. They, they just need to be in a place where they can comfortably ask questions. And, and you know what? To be honest, we're in that place. I, I always use this analogy, but it's just so true. We're in that place in so many areas of our knowledge base. You know, if you're, we just got done, we were in Nashville. Okay, so if you're a Titans fan, I mean, you, you're comfortable making a case for the Titans and why they're going to win this weekend. And you're not like, that doesn't make you nervous when someone says, I don't think they can win, beat this team this weekend. Like, you don't get defensive and nervous. You just are like, yeah, no, I think they can. Here's why. Here's three reasons why they think they can win. We, like, we are comfortable because we have a knowledge base in so many other areas. Even if I said, well, this diner is better than that diner. You know, you're comfortable going, no, nah, I think you're wrong. Here's why. I had this over there. Da, da, da. You can make a case. Yeah. And you're comfortable making the case because you're drawing from a rich database. Like, you've thought about it. You've got information in your head. You're ready to go. But we just aren't ready. And, we, but, and, and, it, and it, to me, I always tell people, that if I want to know what you worship, let me know what you can defend. Because we only defend the things that we think are really seriously important and should not mm. uh, fall away. We, we want to be able to defend those for our kids and for ourselves. 
but it turns out we're far better equipped to defend any number of things than we are our, our beliefs about Jesus, and that just, to me, gives away the fact that yeah. we aren't that serious about Jesus. Yeah, you're yeah. right. That is a great answer. For those who are just tuning in with us, we have Jay Warner Wallace of Cold Case Christianity. We're talking apologetics, evidence for the faith. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more. Are you ready to make a difference in your community? I have the answer for you. Just $40 can provide one day of care for a foster child in Alabama. You can help kids like Kaylee, who clapped and cheered after entering her foster home when she saw cans of food in the pantry. She happily exclaimed to her sister they would no longer be hungry. Not everyone is called to be a foster parent, but everyone can do something. By giving to the Alabama Baptist Children's Home, you're giving to the state's largest faith-based foster care provider. To help vulnerable foster kids in your hometown find hope and healing, visit alabamachild.org radio. That's alabamachild.org radio. We want you to be a part of the show. Yes, you. To make comments or ask questions, call or text Priority Talk at 205-941-1011. Hey, this is Alex Kendrick from the movie Courageous, and you're listening to Priority Talk on WXJC. All right, we're back. Priority Talk, 20 minutes after the hour. We are visiting with Jay Warner Wallace, uh, Cold Case Christianity. I think uh, one of the uh, best websites and resources that you could go to for apologetics so unique in the way uh, he comes at it of course a uh, uh, person of interest uh, cold case christianity then he's got resources for kids cold case christianity god's crime scene for kids parents i can't encourage you enough to get these books in front of your children they are illustrated they're wonderful also back to forensic faith uh, jim uh, your resources are wonderful coldcasechristianity.com and you're just kind of uh, updating and expanding uh, one of your, uh, I guess, your your kind of go-to uh, book uh, as well right now. Ten-year anniversary, right? Trying to use it as an excuse to get a free resource out that I, I hope, you know, when you, when you first start this, I was in my 50s, and I was really trying just to get some, some information out there that I didn't think was out there yet. And, and now, 10 years later, I think it's time for us to turn toward, like, what, let's face it, most of us, although we think this is important, we're probably not necessarily going to spend our resources. That's sad to say, mm-hmm. but it's just true. And so if there's a course out there, for example, that will help you make a better case for what you believe as a Christian, and it costs 300 bucks, really, am I going to, this is the kind of thing we should be offering for free if we really want to impact the church. So... We created this course. It's a course I created for a seminary uh, here, Gateway Seminary. It's a Baptist seminary here in the West Coast. And I teach there. And so this is the course, the ten-and-a-half-hour video course that I teach there. That is just uh, This is the instruction for that course. It's got all the PDF files associated with it. You can earn a certificate, not from that seminary, but just so you can know you completed this course. And that is, is free. It just comes with a new book. Uh, the idea here is, like, what can we offer that will move the ball 
that people are likely to actually engage because it doesn't cost them anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that's sad, but true. Yeah. So, so if you go to coldcasechristianitybook.com or just hit the banner at the top of our coldcasechristianity.com website, you'll see this free 30-session course. It also comes with a 410-power pow- uh, uh, slide PowerPoint show. And it also comes with um, over 50 Bible inserts that are printable that you can stick in your Bible that'll help you remember, like what you know, what was that case again for this? So you can actually print those and you'll have those uh, with you. But the idea here, or you can keep them digitally on your phone. But the idea here is we got to do something. Like we got to figure out, like like well, how do we turn this, especially for young people? If you're a parent listening. Are your kids asking these questions yet? Yeah, I think sometimes the worst thing that happens is just silence. Like, like kids right. aren't asking the right. questions because they don't want to. They know we don't have an answer, or they don't want to start a conversation we got, we're going to be uncomfortable about because they've already decided this isn't true. So I think it's going to be important for us, and that's why we do kids' books because we really think that that's the age eight to twelve. You have a lot of leverage with your kids still from eight to twelve, yeah. and it's important for us to be teaching the truth there. We're still the most important voice in their life before you give them the glowing rectangle. When they get the phone, you may not be the most important voice in their in their life. So it's important for us to be able to speak truth while we're still the most important voice. Yeah, cold case Christianity, and this is the 10-year updated version. All of that available for you. You hear how to get it. We'll, we'll connect it all at our website as well. And Jim, one of my thoughts has been for children is, I took with my own kids. I saw this. It's not important that they think you know everything or have all the answers, or um, or even that the pastor or the minister at church has all of the answers and can just spout them off as quickly as someone like you can who totally devotes their life to this. But they just need to know there are answers, and that there are smart people out there who have who have, who know the evidence, examine the evidence. That there are books and there are resources and there are videos. If they've got a question, there are answers. I think a lot of our kids don't even think there are answers to their questions. Do, do you find that to be true? Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I definitely do. And that's, and the sad thing about that is that um, they, they know we have answers to other things. So, so again, what you're able to answer also like, provides insight yeah. to your priorities. Sure does. So, so I do think we, we, yeah, we, I get it that that I, I may not, I may. I may not be a doctor, but, but my kids trust me to make a quick diagnosis to, to whether or not we can see a doctor. Right. I have mm-hmm. to know enough, right, to kind of get moving in the right direction, even though I may not be the richest, deepest expert in this area. So I think we just have to, we don't have to have the deepest, you know, we don't have to go ahead and get PhDs in this stuff yeah. for us to know enough. As a matter of fact, when we, we select jurors for a trial, we, we tell them we're going to teach you everything you need to know, but not everything that could be known. Like there's a level beyond which you, you you can make a decision now based on what we've told you, even though you don't have information to the end of the earth. This is true for all of us. All of us make decisions every day, even with unanswered questions. So that the, the, the issue here is, do our, are our kids comfortable? We've answered enough so they know it's true, even though, of course, there's always going to be more that we're going to be scratching our head about. We don't have the mind of God. I mean, I mean clearly, we're going to have to ask some of these questions when we get in front of uh, our Savior. But until then, we need to know enough. So I think it is important for us to make that first step. Yeah, exposure is huge. Exposure. Nate, you've got a, another question. Yeah, speaking of uh, tough questions uh, you might encounter uh, teaching or raising kids and all that, let's turn to you a little bit. Mm -hmm. What are some questions that you find difficult to answer? Are there any, uh, any questions you'll get that might make you pause here and there? 
Yes, I, I would say that any question that is so so all questions are rhetorically powerful if they're um, if they're rhetorically powerful, and that usually means that they're short and pithy, that they they launch the problem in a hundred you know in two hundred characters or so, and you ask this huge overarching you offer this huge overarching objection in the shortest, most rhetorically powerful way. And I, I'm personally one of those people who says, yeah, but the answer won't be. Like, I'll say, well, can I ask a quick question? Well, yeah, you can ask because the question's always quick. It's the answer that's not quick. So, yeah, I've got time to hear the question, but I may not have time to give the right answer. And that's, that's the problem, I think, with a lot of the questions that are asked. Why would an all-powerful God, all-loving God, allow this evil we're seeing over here? Mm. Well, that, how long did it take me to ask that question? That sounds like a really good question, and it sounds like something. But I'm not going to be able to answer it. In the same four seconds, I was able to posit the question. The answer is going to take some time for me to unwrap. I don't think that these questions are unanswerable at all. But I think that this is why often I don't spend a lot of time on social media because I don't think the goal of the person who's posing the question is always honest. It's sometimes just let me jab you with this quick jab because I know that the answer you have is not going to be as pithy because it's the same thing happens in criminal cases, right? That that murder took place in seconds. But it's going to take me years to put all the pieces back together. Mm. So this act is, is usually brutal and quick, but it, the, the repair process, and it's not a repair, the justice repair process, like to bring someone to justice, takes a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of moving pieces. So that's often true for our responses as Christians. So I think that, that, that some of these, you know, I don't trust the Bible because it's, it's, it's written by humans. Okay, well, that's a very quick objection. I'm going to have to take some time to give you. Now, we, we have a series on Right Now Media called Quick Shots. And Right Now Media is one of those places like the Netflix of Christian of Christian curriculum, the video curriculum. So if your church has got Right Now Media, you're probably already subscribed and don't even know it. But but if you don't, you can subscribe to it. And what this does is it offers all kinds of curriculum. Well, our Quick Shot series is really trying to offer what's the answer in four minutes, you know, what's the shortest possible answer. And so that's what we're doing. And you'll see even on our website, if you just type in quick shots in the search bar, you'll see all of the articles in which we try to give you the most rhetorically powerful short answer you can give to these pressing larger questions. Well, great answer. Jay Warner Wallace, Cold Case Christianity, and uh, the book has expanded, revised. Uh, it's 10 years since uh, that that great cold case, cold case Christianity, a homicide detective investigates the claims of the gospel. He's got the 30 sessions, over 10 hours of content. It's free. Head to coldcasechristianitybook.com or coldcasechristianity.com. You'll find it. We'll link it up at our website as well. And uh, Jim, always a pleasure. Let's don't wait two years before we do this again. Thank you for uh, just taking some time for us today, uh, and uh, we're, we're very grateful to you. Glad to be with you guys. Having back again, I'll be happy to join you again. Yes, sir. Thank you. All righty. Uh, Jim Warner Wallace, one of the very best right there. And I'm not kidding about his books. I think his books are right now the best because of the way he illustrates them, um, the pictures, the graphics, the unique way he presents. Absolutely. Is, it will blow your mind. His stuff is so good. And in person, he's exactly the same. He puts it all up on the screens and just takes you on a journey. It's amazing. All right. We'll be back. Bottom of the hour. Are you tired of dirt and grime ruining the beauty of your home's exterior? Ew! Look no further. Introducing A Plus Soft Wash, your go-to exterior cleaning business. A Plus Soft Wash is owned and operated by Isaac Adams, a dedicated first responder with a heart for service. 
He'll go the extra mile to keep your property pristine. From clogged gutters to dirty roofs, A-plus soft wash has you covered. Isaac will meticulously clean your gutters, roofs, soft wash siding, clean concrete, and more, leaving your home looking brand new. Isaac is insured, reliable, efficient, and his attention to detail is unbeatable. Trust A-plus soft wash to restore your home's curb appeal. Call Isaac at 256-960-0474 for a free estimate today. That's 256-960-0474. Also make sure to follow the A-Plus Softwash Facebook page for exciting offers and updates. A-Plus Softwash, your satisfaction is our top priority. A-Plus Softwash serves the general Coleman and surrounding areas. Terms and conditions apply. Call for details. Make your home shine with A-Plus Softwash today. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like... Thank you for being with us. It is Priority Talk Radio. It's good news, Christian values, right here on Truth 101 WXJC. And thanks to Jay Warner Wallace for being with us. Right off the top of the hour, I don't normally like to just have a guest right in like that. I like to give everybody time to breathe or get to the show, you know. Yeah. You know, if you get off work at 5 o'clock, you're not in the car at 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do know some people. They get out to the car by five, although they're not supposed to get off till five. But okay. <laughs> but us people that got a lot of integrity, you know, we work right at our desk right Shots till fired. five o'clock and we don't, you know, we don't leave. But um, so I, I kind of like to just get started, you know, slow walk it and then get a guest on. But that was the, the time we could get him. I actually didn't even reach out to him until about, might have been last Monday. Yeah. You came back from the uh, conference. Yes. With him that yes. you mentioned. And you said, uh, you know, told me he was there. And who else? Frank Turek, Alyssa Childers. Frank Turek, uh, Alyssa Childers, and uh, it, it was it was it was wonderful. Yeah, they did I, I an amazing job. I don't know if I've interviewed Frank Turek, have I? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't remember that. If I have Alyssa Childers, that has been with us fairly recently. Yes, you interviewed her over her book. Uh, what is it? The lies. Speak your truth yeah, and, and other lies. Live your truth. Live your truth and other lies. Because yeah, that's a lie. You yeah. can't live your truth. You can't live. There's only the truth. Uh, so anyway, uh, you said you were there. He was there. And I was like, oh, he's been on the show a bunch of times, but it's been like two years. Yeah. So I just reached out to him and he was like, how about next Monday at five o'clock? And I was like, well, could we do like 530? He's like, nope, that's the time I got, man. <laughs> you know, like we can find somewhere down the road. I went, nope, let's just do it. Uh, but uh, anyway, he's awesome. And I greatly enjoyed when I was around him uh, the, down to earth. Very. So, for instance, there was a long line for books and just talking to him. And he had to go. His schedule was very tight. But you can just tell people taking the time to talk. Yeah. And he didn't know us. We were, you know, from uh, Wall State the Community College. Van. The orange van. Yes. That's funny. From, I didn't know about that. Yeah. We, we, we drove up in an or, orange van from Wallace. And uh, it just, anyways, just down to earth, genuine guy. I, I greatly enjoyed talking yeah. with well, him. Well, I was talking to him during the commercial break and uh, just thanking him again for coming on because... When I reached out, I you know I knew he had the, the ten year you know anniversary of the book and was kind of re released it and 
uh, I, I was saying, hey, yeah, we'll put a good promotion on for that. And he was like, you know what? It doesn't even have to be promotional. Let's don't worry about that. He said, I just want to meet the needs of your listeners. So mm-hmm. just ask me anything you want. Uh, but, you know, I wasn't going to not do that. I wanted you to know about what he's done. And that, this free session, my goodness, 30 sessions, 10 hours of content that he was talking about. I mean, I knew it was out there, but during the break, I've been looking at it a little bit closer. My goodness. Mm-hmm. I mean, parents, church, youth pastors, college ministers, uh, here's here's 10 weeks of discipleship for you. Yes. He starts off uh, sessions one, two, and three talking about truth, objective and subjective truth, three lies about the truth, definitions of truth. And keep in mind, his perspective on this is so neat because he does come from that law enforcement detective background. Yes. A la Dateline. And like he said, you know, that's where he started. You know, are they telling the truth? Because people lie. And as a detective, you know people lie. Yes. And so that's the angle he – that's the way he presents it. Then he goes into um, investi- investigating God, about the evidence of God from the origin of the universe, from the fine-tuning of the universe, the origin of life, and objective morality. Uh, then he goes into the New Testament – It talks about uh, the reliability of the Gospels. Uh, When were they written? Can they be corroborated? And I love it when he does that corroborated. He talks about how when they uh, interview someone in a cold case or, you know, in in a detective uh, law enforcement, you know, somebody tells you something, but just them telling you something isn't enough. You have to be able to corroborate that testimony. Mm -hmm. And so that's the whole session there. I've heard him do that one. Uh, Then he goes into the resurrection. He has, what, one, two, five sessions on the resurrection. And then, uh, then the life of Jesus, and then, um, and then he goes into what he calls case making, which is basically yeah. how to, um, you know, how to study and understand apologetics and evidence and all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. So thirty sessions over ten hours, and I was just looking at one of them here during the break, and let me just tell you, they are first class. This isn't uh, some stale video of a guy, you know, with a microphone, you know and just standing there talking yeah these are interactive they've got lots of footage in them uh, lots of illustrations uh in fact i mean his face isn't even on the screen not hardly at all so very interactive for kids so for him not to want this to be a promotional interview i'm doing it for him after i leave and this is free just go on and take advantage of it and and that's how you know partly how you know that josh it's free you need to be looking at it. And with 10 hours or about 10 weeks like that, so an hour for each week, is that about a semester, about 10 to 12 yeah, weeks? Yeah, probably. It's 30 sessions, total of 10 hours, so whatever that breaks down to per session. That's a lot of content. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good bit. Well, this one right here is like 20 minutes, so they're probably about 20 minutes each. Yeah, and uh, I think what it shows is his comment about money shows he, he he's not in it for the money to make mm-hmm. it free. Yeah. He could make a fair amount of money yeah. off of this uh, curriculum, but his heart's in the right place. He's like, we just need to get the word out, yeah. show people that there's evidence for what we believe. Well, he's funded. I'm sure he fundraised. Oh, yeah, he's for he's sure. got people that believes in him. He, uh, let's just be honest, he sold a lot of books yeah. uh, over the last decade. I mean, yeah. he has been one of the most dynamic uh, apologist authors uh, his stuff is very popular, 
And so uh, he's taking that and pouring it right back into the ministry. And yeah. uh, I mean, I'm, cost of living's high in California, but he's making it happen somehow. <laughs> you yeah. have to sell a lot of books to live in California. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Southern California. Yes. I've been out there. It's bad. Uh, but uh, man, I, I really love what he's doing here. It's got handouts. I mean, everything. I mean, look, homeschool parents, mm-hmm. especially, my goodness, uh, work this into the curriculum somewhere. This is a. Uh, an amazing gift uh, that's being given to you. You know, I love Josh McDowell. I know Josh. I've yeah. been with him many times. I'm jealous of that, uh, by I've the way. I've sat and had dinner with him, me and him, or me and my wife, or maybe one other person with him. He usually has a handler with him. Yeah. You know, good prayer partner, basically, but somebody that's his assistant. Um, I've, I've sat with him, oh my gosh, probably a dozen times. Mm-hmm. I've sat and had dinner with him. I've heard him speak so many times. I've had all of his books. You know, my story of having a uh, evidence that demands a verdict from the early yes. 70s. And, yes. You know, I, I kept telling him, hey, I need to show you this. I think I got one. I got an old evidence that dem- demands a verdict. And then when I finally remembered to show it to him, I picked him up at the airport, put it in his hand. He about jumped out of the car. He was so excited. He's, it was like a first edition evidence that demands a verdict. Mm-hmm. And he said, we have none of these. Because, you know, they were... 50 years old basically 45 40 years old at that time yeah so he had none of them so he kept it (laughs) but uh, i love evidence that demands a verdict it was groundbreaking in its time every apologist who's come since him has used his book i don't want to say as their bible but as their source i mean his work was amazing what he did back in that day yeah but but it's it's sort of a um a textbook you know yeah it's 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 hard to read it really is. Now, he wrote more than a carpenter to sort of offset that. But Jay Warner's books, I mean, we're just talking apologetics here, okay, during first hour. Jay Warner's books are a pleasure yes. to flip through. You pick one up, you can't put it down because yes. of all the illustrations in it. He's so creative in the way, he, and he illustrates those himself. Did you know that? Oh, hold on, Tom. I did not know that. Yes, he does. I've asked him before. Those are his drawings? Yep, he illustrates them himself. He's a talented wow. guy. Okay, uh, that's also in Person of Interest. Yeah, yeah, that, that one of his other uh, popular books. Okay, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yep. And he and his wife wrote one of the books together, and I interviewed them both once, and it was uh, for kids, like forensic faith for kids. Yes, yes. And he basically teaches kids how to be a detective, mm-hmm. and it's a children's book. Okay, it's fun. How to be a detective, and he sends them all these. You remember they used to have those books where you might, I don't know if you guys, if they had these when y'all were coming up, but they were popular when I was a kid. Maybe some of the listeners will remember. It was like you're reading, it's like a mystery or something, and then it got to the end of a little chapter, and you'd get to choose this yes, or that. I love and those. It, and if this, then turn to this page. If this, turn to that page. I love those. And you could, you could make the story different every time you read it, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, his books are fun like that. I'm not saying he does that. But they're fun like that. They, mm-hmm. they keep you turning the pages, and you get invested in it. And so they're just uh, a lot of fun. So, hey, one of one of my – I feel like one of my responsibilities here hosting this show now for more than a decade is just to let you know about good stuff that's out there and good people that you can trust and help you along the way in your own walk, but then also in the walk of your kids and your grandkids, getting them in front of stuff. Uh, and like I say, this – Exposure is huge mm-hmm. for, for kids. They're exposed to so much. Yeah. Now, what do you call it? The little, what do you call it? The, the rectangle? glowing rectangle. Glow, I got to write that down. That was good. The Glow, glowing rectangle. Get, get the old pen. That can be my thing, the pen. 
I'll, I'll click the pen. No. Okay, the glowing don't, don't do that. rectangle. I mean, I don't have a, a bell or anything like that, but I can be the, the, clint, the, the pen clicker. Greg, please Okay, don't. the glowing <laughs> rectangle. I like that. Talking about the phone. So kids are so exposed now uh, to, uh, to everything. Yeah. And it influences them. Just a high level of exposure influences. And... But they're not getting exposed to this kind of content, like what is truth? <laughs> mm-hmm. And if they knew that, a lot of the other stuff, they'd know how to call. They'd know how to call it bogus. But yes. they don't. But they can't because they haven't been exposed to really critically thinking about what is truth. If you really know what, tr- if you really know truth, when you hear somebody say my truth, you immediately go, "Well, that can't be right." That's true. No one has their own truth. There's just truth. Now, it, it can be how it applies to you, maybe, but you don't get your own truth. But I'm telling you, if your kids don't know what objective truth is, they can't see that as a as a problem. They can't see that as a lie. Yeah. Speaking of which, it's funny you talk about objective truth. That is literally the first topic of session one. Yeah objective and subjective truth in this course. And I'm telling you, your kids will be more interested in this than you like to think they are. And I would bet a lot of you youth pastors and even, I don't know the age. What do you say this was for? Eight, what ages? Oh, I don't know. I if haven't I, went I that deep in. caught that. Uh, I'd imagine teenage and up. I mean, the right, video looks engaging like for anybody, honestly, the one I was watching. Yeah. But uh, they're, int- they're going to be more interested in this than you think they are. Maybe because tweens and up, maybe. They're only seeing one side of this stuff. And when you just give them a little bit of the other side, they're going to be super interested in it. Look, I've seen this with lots of kids, my own included. I've taught a lot of apologetics over the years. I used to do a lot of apologetics when I was uh, doing a lot of youth ministry, uh, speaking and stuff to a lot of youth groups and things like that. I would come in and just do apologetics. And they would soak it up. And youth pastors, and they would t- they would say, uh, "Man, our kids—they haven't asked that many questions or act like they cared that much in a long time." And it was it had nothing to do with me. It was just that I was willing to take on the the questions that they're wondering. Yes, and they are wondering these questions. You've got to know. So, yeah. it was a uh, very good. So yeah. So will you put all that at show notes for us? I will. We've I got have people it texting us, wanting the um, uh, the links and all that kind of stuff. And it's hard for us to text every one of you back. But if you'll just uh, head to uh, PriorityTalkRadio.com, show notes. Show notes. and uh, It's up. there. Okay, just look under show notes, and we'll put it right there for you. And he's on our social media already today where we posted yes. that he would be on the show. So it's you can find, find some information there as well. At Priority Talk. Yeah, yep. that's right. So look for Priority Talk on social media. All righty. Um, that was a good apologetical hour. We were going to ask him who some of his favorite apologists are, and we didn't get to that. I guess we'll have but to have him back. Time. Yeah. Um, you know, you heard me say Josh is certainly one of my favorites. Okay, um, I'll, yeah, I'll ask you. And I, uh, well, I was going to ask you, but um, <laughs> you know, now Josh is still the standard. Okay, don't get me wrong; he's the standard, but he he's not as relevant as he was. Okay, yeah, Age, he's he's older history. at this point. Sure, sure. How old do you think he is? Oh, now? he's. Uh, Would you say 70s for sure? I mean, maybe maybe closer to 80. 
Okay. Okay. It's, and it's been a few years. I, he was supposed to have been on the show a little while back and then had some issues and we didn't get him on. I need to follow back up on and see if we can get him on for another interview. But, you know, and his son, Sean, has really yes. sort of picked up the mantle. And Professor is, at Biola. And is making it. Yeah, there with Jay. And they're good friends. Him and Jay Warner are really good friends. Um, but, but to me, right now, Jim is the guy that I really enjoy. Yeah. And, and feel like I learn from, and he keeps me interested. Yes. What about you? Who's your favorite apologist? Oh, goodness. Uh, I love Sean McDowell, the way he talks to people who are non-believers. Yeah. There's a graciousness. If you'll go to his YouTube channel, he'll have lots of conversations with non-believers. There's a graciousness without compromise yeah. that I like, uh, truth and grace. He does a good job there. When it comes to... So he doesn't do like a, a way of the master? Uh, what's um, Ray Comfort? Ray, not like Ray Comfort. Call him a lying, thieving, murdering, adulterous. Uh, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> not does, doesn't quite go he, that he's direction. He's got his way as well. Okay. Yes, uh, the way of Ray Comfort. And uh, when it comes to just give me the facts, uh, speak clearly, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. I love Frank Turek. Very good with his uh, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Athe- yeah. To Be an Atheist, I think, is his book and podcast. So he, he does those things as well so i would say those are two uh people i really enjoy um yeah i think that's where i would go with that frank turek sean mcdowell i'm trying to think who i, I like uh jay warner wallace all right one was the question you one give, oh i gotta choose me one three. it's hard okay if i choose well then there's greg kokel william lane craig okay frank turek that's okay. that's the frank, that's the answer frank turek all right. Fine. you've got greg kokel gonna be on the show be that way next week uh, is that right in October. Oh, October. I'm sorry. In October. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking with him about just uh, his ministry, Stand to yeah. Reason. And he's been right here, sat in that chair. Yes. A couple of times. All right, let's take a break. It is about 10 till. If you've got any apologetical questions, we'll take those on the other side. Then we'll change gears after the top of the hour, uh, I'm sure. But if you've got questions uh, you know, concerning um, the evidence of Christianity or uh Overabundance or lack thereof, uh, any particular issue, we'd do our best. I'm no Jay Warner Wallace, but I got access to his website right here. <laughs> All right, let's go. take a break. 205 941 1011.